Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Before we get started, please rate and review our show. It helps people find us. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, this year's U.S. Open isn't just about tennis. It's also a farewell to Serena Williams, who announced that she's retiring after the tournament. SI senior writer John Wertheim joins me to discuss Serena's chances on the court, her impact on sports and pop culture, and her legacy as we say goodbye to the GOAT. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. John Wertheim, welcome back to Sports Illustrated Weekly. Hey, good to be here. How are you? Always love having you on. The very first time we had you on, we talked about Tom Brady being the GOAT in his sport. You're sort of our resident GOAT whisperer. Uh, I want to talk to you about the U.S. Open in tennis But that event will mark a goodbye to the best to ever do it. It will be the end for Serena Williams. I'm going to rattle off some stats here, John. 23 Grand Slam titles, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles with her sister Venus, an Olympic gold in singles, three Olympic golds in doubles also with Venus, a record 365 matches, one at the major. I could go on and on and on, John. Put in perspective how great her career has been. I have uh, I have whiplash from swiveling my head at all those numbers. No, I mean I, I think part of this is like th- these numbers are a joke, and I feel like 
we, we rattle them off and they almost get cheapened because uh, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we feel like we're giving a Wikipedia bio and we never actually, I mean, it's just incredible what she has done. And everyone sort of has a favorite number. One of mine is 1999, which is the first major that she won. Champion. That was, um, you know, that was a quarter century ago in a sport where most of the best players, once they they hit twenty five, certainly thirty, historically uh, have haven't been uh, particularly formidable as players. Um, no, I mean, I think some of this in Serena's legacy is about these numbers and the titles. And see, we don't think of her; she's one of the greatest doubles players of all time. Yeah, she's one of the greatest American Olympic athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are all sorts of dimensions that she hasn't gotten her due on. But to me, I think a lot of it too is just this legacy she leaves that has nothing to do with statistics and what she showed that there is no one way to get to the top of this mountain. And you can resist convention and you can do things your way. And in the end, you you play twice as long as you were supposed to and won about 10 times as many trophies as anyone thought you ever would. And I think from the racial composition of the players in the U.S. Open to the mm-hmm. economics of tennis to, I mean, there's so many ways that she's left a mark on this sport that have nothing. I mean, I won't say nothing, but I mean, they're, they're tangentially related to the back of the baseball card stats. Yeah, I'm really a couple of things that you brought up there that I want to unpack, but I'm I'm glad that you mentioned 1999 and the longevity because, you know, you and I it's become a theme whenever we talk about these these athletes who have gotten older but keep playing at a high level. Serena's 40; she'll be 41 in September. It's a grueling sport, John. There's a lot of wear and tear on your body when you're running that much. It's really remarkable that she's been able to play this well for this long. And, uh, you know, we would be remiss if we did not throw childbirth in there as well. Mm -hmm. Being pregnant, winning a Grand Slam title. Now, I've never done either, but I hear both can be challenging. Well, apparently, Serena Williams did them both at the same time earlier this year. That's right. She was about eight weeks pregnant when she won the Australian Open. You no, know, when she started, when the Williams sisters started, you'll notice they, they were not, they have not spent a lot of weeks ranked number one, Venus in particular. For all their winning, they haven't held the number one ranking that long, and that's in part because of the way the ranking system is set up. And for years and years and years, there was this complaint that, oh, yeah, they win a lot, but they don't play a full schedule. And if LeBron, you know, if, if Michael Jordan only played in the playoffs, of course he'd be fresh. And there was a lot of condemnation in tennis that neither Venus nor Serena played as many events as people liked. Of course, there was a lot of naked self-interest there. These were promoters that wanted them to play their events. This was a tour that was trying to sell sponsorships. Wouldn't you rather have the best players playing 20 times and not 11? And as usual, they were right and conventional wisdom was wrong. And it's no, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of their peers burnt out or ceased playing in their late 20s or they retired and re-retired. Part of this is because they were really smart early on in the beginning and they didn't overplay and they didn't get burnt out. I, I think something that people forget about tennis too, a lot of it, it's physical wear and tear. You know, you, you can't take possessions off, right? You can't say, hey coach, just uh, I want to come off the bench tonight or I'd, I'd like to DH, I'm feeling a little sore. But in addition to that, there are no home games. So, I mean, mm-hmm. anyone that has traveled Let's take Jordan, for instance. No, I mean, anyone that yeah. gets on a plane and, you know, all right, Serena's not 
waiting at the Hertz counter like like the rest of us. But still, there's something really grueling about jet lag and time zones and eating at odd hours. And apart from the physical wear and tear, I think people sometimes don't realize the wear and tear that comes with a, a global workplace where every single week is an international business trip. You also had mentioned, you know, that she is a mother. Uh, she's a black person, a black woman in a sport that doesn't exactly have a history of venerating either. I don't think, John, that we can undersell her social impact, right? I mean, she's had a massive cultural imprint that goes beyond just tennis, right? I mean, it's it's global and it's not even sports specific. She tr- almost transcends all of that. Yeah, I I, uh, I mean, it's, it's really, it's interesting to me how many people... You know, you say, oh, I like tennis, or I cover tennis. It's I always say it's my guilty pleasure. And people say, oh, my God, I love Serena Williams. And I'm always amazed how many people have, they have such strong feelings for her, usually overwhelmingly fond. It didn't always used to be that way, but I think that's another dimension to the story we can talk about. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, they love Serena Williams, and they've never seen her play tennis. They've never seen her on the court. This is not about forehands and backhands. It's what she represents. It's what she's overcome. It's how she dresses. It's how she conducts herself. She has millions and millions of fans who have never seen her hit a tennis ball. I I don't think you have that with many other athletes. I don't think people say like, I love LeBron James and it isn't basketball the one where they play five on five. I mean, there are so many people that she's won over that have never seen her go to work. It's all about what she represents. You hinted at something there that I think I do want to talk about. Her popularity now, where she has almost universal support as she's going into retirement. But at the beginning of the career, as you mentioned, wasn't always like that. Took a lot of heat, a lot of controversy. How did that all change? I, I mean, I think it would it would be naive not to think that her, her winning had a lot to do with it. And some people are simply front runners. And mm-hmm. by the time you win your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth major, maybe you've won some people over. But no, I mean, I think it's one of the aspects of the story. I mean, so often with athletes, you saw this with, with Bill Russell, for example, or with, you know, I mean, in tennis, we see this, you know, Pete Sampras and Steffi Graf, and we didn't know what we had till we were gone. And boy, if, if we could do it again, we would have had so much more appreciation. That is not the case here. Um, there was a lot of friction when Venus and Serena came on the scene. Some of this was the way they comported themselves and it was so institutional bias. And there were a lot of, I, I was, there, there were a lot of microaggressions. I didn't see a lot of sort of flagrant racism. There was, there's the incident at Indian Wells that people talk about, but that notwithstanding to me, it was a lot more subtle than that. And it was a lot more sort of mm-hmm. coded language and issues that they had to respond to that other players never would. And in short order, I mean, I think fairly early on they, they won and the, Critics shrunk in voice and in number, and I, you know, I don't know. We can timestamp it, but pretty soon, this just became this absolute love-in. And I mean, the the reception Serena Williams is going to get, win or lose at the U.S. Open, is going to be like nothing we've seen. A few years ago, I don't know if you remember when Serena was going for the Grand Slam. Um, she, she she didn't get it, but she she won the first three legs of the major. She comes to the U.S. Open. There's a lot of pressure, and in in one of her matches, she plays Venus. Game second match, Serena Williams, six one six two, and it was just an absolute sort of celebration of the sisters and everything they had achieved, and. It wasn't always that way. And I think that, um, you know, one of the nice things about playing till you're age 40 is you get your due. 
And, you know, some of this is probably, you know, Richard Williams, who was uh, a lightning rod for controversy. He became less and less prominent. I mean, some of this was, uh, you know, I, I would say that t tennis finally started hugging the Williams sisters and they hugged back. Their, their colleagues were a lot more complimentary. Yeah. Venus and Serena were a lot more social in the locker room. I mean, this was really kind of a love story. And you, you don't always get this in, in sports. You get a lot of, boy, people missed the boat on this or, you know, but boy, it's too bad that athlete had to go through so much because only in retrospect, we realize how extraordinary they were midway through this story. Everyone fell in love with Venus and Serena as, as they should have. And what you're left with is an athlete who, I mean, honestly, Serena's not going to win the U S open. She's almost 41 years old. As you say, she's won one match in the last year. And yet she's going to be the story of this tournament. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to the send-off. She deserves all the flowers that she'll be given. But you just sort of asked my next question. What are we looking at here? How long do you think she'll be around? She faces Donka Kovinic, who's currently ranked number 80 in the world in the first round of the U.S. Open. Recent results for Serena haven't been Serena-esque. Is she going to go on a little bit of a run and, and give herself a good send-off here? Or, or might it be an early bow-out? Uh, I mean, I, I got to say, so the, the draw gods did her a favor. Uh, she's had some okay. luck at the U.S. <laughs> Open. If nothing else, uh, the, the draw gods did her right. I mean, it was entirely possible. She could have drawn, and she's unseated, right? So she could have drawn any player in the draw. I mean, Naomi Osaka, she, I mean, she could have drawn whoever, Coco Goff. That, that did not happen. But, you know, I mean, in the French Open final, Iga Svantec, the number one, played Coco Goff, who's sort of the ascending American player. Their, their combined age is less than Serena. Wild. 40.9 or whatever she, you know, 40, 41 yeah. in the, in late September. That That's a big number, mm -hmm. especially for a player who doesn't come in with a lot of match play, doesn't come in with a lot of momentum. Again, who's a, a full-time mother. It's extraordinary what Serena has accomplished. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even, just keep this between us and uh, don't put it on like a, a pot. But okay. I, I mean, honestly, you, you sort of kind of hope her, her last out of tennis, she lost six love. And it was to Emma Raducanu, who won the U.S. Open last year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Say hello to Emma Raducanu. But Emma Raducanu also hasn't won, you know, she, she's sub 500 this year. So I kind of hope Serena goes out there and gives gives it a competitive match. If, if she wins a round or two, so much the better. But we'd all would love to see it happen. We all know how to write, uh, you know, be Hollywood movies. The idea that Serena Williams yeah. would win this 24th major, it, it's it's kind of, uh, I guess, fanciful might be. I mean, it's, it ain't going to happen. A couple of rounds would be great. That would make for a, a quality B movie anyway. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Uh, so if it's not going to be Serena, John, who do we like from the women's side? That is a great question um, because uh, the the women's straws are often open. This is like open, open. I mean, this is a, mm-hmm. a I mean, we're coming off a year also in which a player ranked outside the top 100 won the previous U.S. Open. So if you ever needed, um, you know, any given Sunday, you know, if you ever needed sort of proof positive that these anyone can win these things, you, you need to only go back one year. I, I don't know. I mean, I think... I think Coco Goff's got a real chance. A superb victory for 18-year-old Coco Goff. Her winning is one of these uh, when-not-ifs and why-not-now. Um, but I don't, I mean, it's literally any of 40. I mean, Naomi Osaka's won twice since 2018. She's a tremendous player. She doesn't come in with a lot of momentum. I mean, they're literally any of 50 players have a decent chance to win this tournament. I kind of like that. I kind of like the toss-up aspect of it and not knowing. Uh, 
What about on the men's side? I can't believe we're still talking about this particular issue, but Novak Djokovic will miss the U.S. Open because the U.S. requires foreign visitors to be vaccinated. Shocker, he's still not. He's not coming. You can address that if you want or not. Uh, but handicap the men's side for us. Um, I, you know, on Djokovic, I would just, I, I just can't get over the sort of the, the framing of this as active versus passive. I mean, there, there is one thing he could do to be eligible that billions of people have done th- mm-hmm. worldwide that you know every other player in the top 100 of men's tennis has done. The idea that they're not letting him play, or even I mean, the USTA had this sort of clumsily worded press release about you know, and unfortunately, he won't be here. Well. He has agency. He he could have yeah. uh, he, he could have done something that billi- literally billions of people have done with no adverse effect, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I think uh, you know whatever he he has his convictions, he's entitled to them. He's not free of the consequences of those. But I think this framing of sort of who who has agency here and who doesn't I think is is kind of important. But um, in his absence, um, it's remember we talked about the wide open women's draw. I do. Usually the men's draw, we have three guys and anyone else is a huge upset. Um, Roger Federer is not playing. Rafa Nadal is, but and it has not lost in a major this year, but he's been injured and he's played one match since Wimbledon and that was a defeat. The defending champion, uh, Daniil Medvedev, will be seated number one. I, I think with the odds makers, he is the favorite, but he's won one tournament since he won the U.S. Open last year. I will go with Carlos Alcaraz. Oh, it's glorious. And Alcaraz waves the racket around to the acclaim of center court. You can read all about in an upcoming Sports Illustrated. 19-year-old Spaniard, much like Coco Goff, uh, he, he will win one of these. It's just a question of when and why not now? I'm glad you, that you brought up Alcaraz because as I was thinking about Serena, you had also rattled off some other big names like Osaka and we talked about Djokovic and Federer's not playing and Nadal's getting older. Uh, Alcaraz is this interesting young guy who's coming up. Along with him, now that Serena is is leaving, I mean, she she's leaving a massive hole in tennis and a massive hole in greater pop culture, right? I mean, she as we mentioned, she transcends all this. So who fills that void, do you think, from tennis? It's a great question because I think it's something that, um, I think it's something the sport needs, that Tennis has always depended on personalities and characters and what they represent. And, you know, Andre Agassi and, I mean, you Mm -hmm. go through the list. And when there has been mere excellence without that X factor, it hasn't necessarily punched through. People want crazy attire and they want Roger Federer's elegance and they want Andre Agassi's, you know, mullet and his bandanas and his denim shorts Tennis kind of needs that in a way that other sports don't. I mean, Naomi Osaka would be the obvious answer, but she's had a very, very strange year um, that hasn't yeah. encompassed a lot of winning. I think she's kind of, and yeah, I mean, I think I think Alcaraz was really special. And I mean, to me, Coco Goff, like if, if this whole tennis thing doesn't work out, she has a fallback, which is like president of the United States. I mean, she's just, yeah. she's extraordinary. If she were to win, it would really do wonders for this sport. But, you know, I mean, tennis has always had this very strange relationship with personality. But unlike other team sports, you know, there, there are no conference standings, right? I mean, there's no, right. it's, it's, it's like boxing. I mean, you really sort of need athletic excellence, but you need something additional. And with Serena, we are missing both of those in, uh, in a big way. Yeah, let, I mean, we really will be. Uh, and as you mentioned, 
It's one of those, uh, sometimes you don't realize what you have until it's gone. So she's leaving soon, John. Do we know what she wants to do next? One thing that we didn't, I mean, this this was someone who's always come shrouded in mystery. I mean, so Serena, oh, what, what's the, the old jazz cliche? Like, oh, always leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. You never quite, I mean, she was, oh, I don't want to say impenetrable, but there, there was always, she, she always held back. And I think that um, the, this mystery, it served her well competitively. I, I think in retrospect, it probably sort of only added to her image. But who the hell knows is the answer. I mean, she she has a, she's talked about wanting to expand her family. She has this investment fund that, that she speaks a lot about. I don't think she necessarily is going to have a lot to do with, t- I mean, there's some some players that's if they've never left. There's commentating and there's coaching. I don't think we're going to see her much in the tennis world, uh, which, which is unfortunate because I think she'd be, a, she'd be a great commentator. I just think that's, that's not where her head is now. And I think part of... Um, you know, she, she won't have a shortage of options, but who knows? I mean, it's it's easy to see her doing any of a hundred things, and um, I think this sort of work-life balance that she wrote about in this this great Vogue essay that I would encourage people to read, um, sort of the, the the work work-life balance that she's says she's struggled with these last five years, I think is something she'll have to sort of negotiate in her next step. But but who knows is the answer. I mean, I could. You, you can see her running a company and, and you could see her living on an island and being a full-time mother. Who knows? She's the only tennis player, John, man or woman to win three out of four Grand Slams six times. I, you know, we've rattled off at the beginning of our conversation all of her records and accolades, which sound so outsized, they're almost unbelievable. Are we being hyperbolic to, to think that she might be the greatest tennis player, man or woman, full stop of all time? You want me to get really hyperbolic? I'd love to. Why constrict that to tennis? What what she has done in terms of achievement, in terms of versatility, I mean, she's won on every surface and every continent and every day. De- I mean, she's, she's won in every presidential administration from Clinton to Trump. What's the worst thing you could possibly say about her? She's had a couple of on-court outbursts. She's mm-hmm. never been arrested. She's never had a scandal. She's, I mean, and then you just look at, and I mean, so some of this is tennis related, right? I mean, you sort of look at players today and it's extraordinary. And I'm not just talking about black women. It's extraordinary how many have said, I never thought I had a future in this sport. And then I saw Serena Williams. My parents were in Venezuela and we didn't have money, but then I saw Serena Williams. I would take that beyond sports. And again, I just think this is a story that ages really, really well. And the objections that may have accompanied her in the beginning in the 90s are now, it would get you fired. I mean, you get canceled for some of the things people said and wrote 25 years ago. The fact that the second best player of this generation happened to be her sister who shared a bed, you know, who shared a bunk bed with her. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy story. It will age really well. And I think... I, I would go so far. I mean, you find me a um, if, if, we're, if we're playing this this horribly cliched and trite Mount Rushmore game. I mean, if we're playing this greatest athlete ever, Jordan Ali, blah blah. I mean, I don't know who who are you putting ahead of Serena Williams? It's a hell of a story. It's not over just yet. Make sure to read him on SI.com, like Serena in tennis. He's the goat for SI. John Wertheim. Thank you for this. Very kind. Nice talking as always.
Thanks for listening, everybody. And a reminder to please rate and review the show. It helps people find us. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jordan Rizzieri, Jessica Yarmoski, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Dan Bloom and Harry Swartow. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. So she's leaving soon, John. Do we know what she wants to do next? Either crypto or dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> I jest. Um, Who knows? And probably whatever she wants. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.